0: hey welcome thanks for joining us and this is a very very special sunday for us here at family church because today we celebrate 25 years and this is our 25th anniversary or 25th birthday weekend and it was 25 years ago that we first planted the church in portsmouth and then obviously from portsmouth we planted out and then also now we have this online church or online community where we're just so thankful that you guys gather on a Sunday and other times when we meet and do online stuff as a part of who we are as a ministry. So this is our birthday weekend. Happy birthday to us. So thankful for what the Lord has done over the last 25 years. But I'm really, really excited concerning what he's going to do next. This morning, I want to take a moment to encourage you around your faith. And encouragement is a powerful thing. To encourage means to add courage. When people say discourage, it means to take courage away. I want to encourage your hearts today regarding faith in God. We're living in times where our faith in God is vitally important. We look around at things happening in the world, things becoming unstable that were once stable. In the midst of all that, we need to be a people of faith, a people who simply trust in God and trust in what God has said he's done is going to do, but we're secure in his promise. So today on our 25th birthday, let me preach a message or share a message that encourages your heart to keep on believing God. Faith, you see, is the key thing in our relationship with God. Faith is what causes us to come into relationship with God, but it's also faith that causes us to live out the life he's called us to live in an effective way. You know, recently I heard a song and it says in the verse of it, tell me what moves your heart, Lord. Tell me what moves your heart. Is it when I do this? Is it when I do this? When I do that? Well, actually, I think the answer to that song could be more simple than what we've realized. What moves the heart of God, according to the word, is faith. But faith connects us to God, and God's heart is moved when his children, that's you and me, choose to believe what he said and what he's promised, and when they choose to act on and live out or live from the things that he said is true. So the Bible says in Hebrews 11 verse 6, without faith it's impossible to please God. That's interesting, isn't it? Without faith, it's impossible to know God. But without faith, according to Hebrews 11, it's impossible to please him. I don't know about you, but I want to both know him, but also I want to live a life that pleases him. How do I live a life that pleases him? I choose to walk in faith, simple trust in the things he says are true. So how do we walk by faith? Well, number one, we understand that our journey starts with faith. We're saved by faith. We're not saved by works, by keeping laws, but rather faith in Jesus Christ is what calls our life to be justified. I always love the example of justified being just as if I'd never sinned. So in the book of Romans, it encourages us with this in verse 28. It says, for we maintain that a person, you and me, is justified, made right in the sight of God, apart from the works of the law. It's by faith. We maintain that a person is justified, made right in the sight of God, by faith, not by the works of the law. So our relationship with God starts with faith, but actually our walk with the Lord is to be a continued walk of faith. Another great passage of scripture is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. Very well-known passage of scripture again, where it says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. It's an interesting statement, isn't it? What is sight? Sight is one of five senses that all of us have that enable us to be connected to a natural world. Yet faith is like a sixth sense that connects us to a spiritual world and a very real walk with a spiritual living or creating Heavenly Father. So when it says we walk by faith, remember faith is to trust God and to trust the things that he has said. It says we walk by faith and not by sight. Sight is one of five senses. What is Paul saying to us? He's saying, don't let your natural senses determine in your life and in your thinking what is true or even what is real. Now, when we say we're not to walk by sight, that's by the things we see naturally. Obviously, the Bible reveals that we have natural eyes, but we also have spiritual eyes. We have natural ears but we also have spiritual ears. We're able to hear God, not so much with these, but with an inner listening that's a part of the spiritual man and woman that we are. But when we hear Paul say, I walk by faith and not by sight, he's not just talking about our eyes, he's talking about the other senses too. Paul is saying, don't be led by your senses, rather live a life that trusts in the things that the Lord has said that's the walk of faith I walk by faith and not by sight but then also the Bible continues to encourage us through many verses that we're to be living by faith so we walk by faith and like it says in Galatians two twenty, we understand that our old man is crucified with Christ and the life that we now live we live by faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Now, faith isn't difficult. It's people that have made faith difficult. Some people have made it so mechanical. You do this, you do this, this happens, then this happens, and then this unlocks, and then this takes place. And sometimes when I've heard faith taught, it's been too mechanical. Other times when I've heard it taught, it's been too difficult But someone that hasn't got the intellect of a genius, can't actually perceive the workings of faith. That's not right. God sets things in motion that every person can know and partake in. So when it comes to faith, we need to not see it as complex. We need to not see it as mechanical. We need to see it as something that's not childish, but childlike. Faith is simply us as God's children believing every word that he speaks to us as our Heavenly Father is 100% true. Whether the things around us that we see or sense agree or not. The agreement of things that we see and hear, feel, sense, don't validate whether what God has said is true. We choose to, as children of God, now say, listen, when what God is saying to me actually goes beyond what I can reason or understand according to my ability to reason and understand, what God says is still true. Remember, we're dealing with a God a creator, heavenly father, who calls things that aren't as if they were, that speaks things into existence before they're seen. Often when the Lord speaks to us, about us, or things relating to us, he'll talk about things that are not yet present or experienced. What are we to do in those times? We're to be non complex non-mechanical, and simply be like children that say, my heavenly father has said this, and as one of his children, I choose to believe and agree with him. Okay, faith operates and finds its confidence in the word of God. Remember, we spoke last week um, or the week before concerning Peter in that moment when he got out of the boat and walked on the water in the storm with Jesus. What was Peter doing? Remember, we established that Peter was placing his confidence not in what was happening around him, not by the wind and the waves that were begging his attention, but rather on the word that Jesus, that God, had spoken to him. So the word of God became the confidence in his life for stepping and walking forward, even when it was stormy. You see, what God says and promises is not affected or subject to natural climates. A great lesson of this is sin in the life of Isaac. In the life of Isaac, Abraham's son, Isaac was a man of faith, just like his father, Abraham. Now when you read in the book of Genesis chapter 26 and verse 12, you see that Isaac had been told by God to honour him in the tithe as his father did, to be active in sowing and reaping, just like his father Abraham had taught him. But it's interesting, when you read in and around these passages in Genesis 26, you're introduced to Isaac in a time of famine. It was actually a time of double famine because there was a famine that had been in place before the new famine that had come. So it opens the chapter by saying that there was a time of famine in the land. But then later on in chapter 26, verse 12, it says, and Isaac sowed in that land, he prospered, became very prosperous until his prosperity offended the Philistines to the degree that they tried to shut up his wells and stop the blessing of God in his life. Now, we need to understand that Isaac was in a land and a time of famine. Everyone around him was being moved by what they were sensing, what they saw, what they heard, what they felt, what they smelled. All of the senses were causing them to hold back their seed, not to sow, to store, to hoard. And that made sense according to the reasoning of people who weren't walking in the ways of God. But then suddenly we see Isaac, the son of Abram, take his seed and begin to sow it in a land of famine. People must have seen him doing that and said, you're crazy, Isaac. Don't you understand what's going on in this moment we're in? But Isaac wasn't moved by the current climate that was natural. He was moved by the principles and the words of the heavenly father. So it says Isaac took his seed and he planted it. And it said that after he planted it, he began to prosper. It began to grow in a land of famine. The dusty ground that shouldn't have grown anything because of lack of water began to grow the seed that Isaac had planted in it. Why? Because Isaac was living by kingdom principle. He was living his life according to what God had said to him. In the same way as Peter was walking on an ocean of impossibility, placing his confidence on the things that God had spoken to him, not the things happening around him. So when we purpose that we're going to walk by faith and not by sight, we need to understand that we also at times will need to manage um, some sort of wrestling that can take place between the things we see in the very natural world we live and the things that we're hearing God say concerning who we are, how we should live, and indeed, when it comes to sowing and reaping, how we should give. I really believe you've heard me teach on kingdom economics. I honestly believe that the safest thing to do in a time of famine, is to make sure that your tithe is before the Lord and you've got seed in the ground. Because those are things that our Heavenly Father taught us to do that work no matter what the natural climate may be. You see, the Bible says, let God be true. And every man who disagrees with what God is saying, let them be found as liars, so we've been teaching recently on how to handle our finances and navigate that section of our life through stormy seasons. We've spoken about how to manage storms, recognize where storms are coming from, address them correctly. We've noticed how to walk by faith in storms. Remember, we compared Peter walking on water. To lessons that I learned from paddleboarding. If you missed any of these messages, you can go back and listen to them. They're all still there on our platforms for you to enjoy. But I want to encourage you today. I want to add courage to your heart today. No matter what's going on around you, be purposing to be living true, to be found in faith. Regarding the things that God is speaking to you, God's word is truth. God's promises are not subject to natural things that happen. You see, when we read through the Bible, time and time again, we see a God that stopped the sun because a battle wasn't won. We see miracles of water coming out of rocks, supernatural provision of bread appearing every morning. We see ravens coming to feed a prophet. We cross into the New Testament and we see Jesus getting a coin out of a fish's mouth, taking loaves and fish and multiplying them beyond anything that was conceivable or normal. This God, this heavenly Father that we read about in scripture is our father too. Just as the people we read about were children of God, we're children of God. And God wants us to be, like they did, daily placing our faith, our childlike trust in Him and in the things that He says. Hope this is encouraging you today. We're all in situations and moments right now where we could be confused but we won't be why because we choose rather to believe the truth of what's spoken in proverbs 3 verses 5 to 6 where it says trust in the lord have faith in the lord with all of your heart not some of your heart not bits of your heart with all of your heart but what does it say then Lean not, place your confidence not in your ability to reason. That's a good thought, isn't it? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. Rather in all, not some, of your ways. Acknowledge him. And he will, not might, direct your paths. So let me encourage you today, as I indeed encourage myself. No matter what's happening around me, no matter what my natural senses are trying to reason concerning what's happening around me, I know I'm a child of God, and I choose to believe what my heavenly Father has said and is saying concerning any moment I find myself in. When I choose to trust him, suddenly a peace that passes all comprehension or understanding floods my heart. Nothing has changed around me, but everything has changed within me. What's happened? He's added courage to my life. I want to encourage you today, whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through, don't make trusting God a last resort. Don't treat God like a breakdown service that you only call in times of great emergency. Rather understand that faith is the thing that connects us in relationship to God. But also faith... Trusting God in a childlike way is the way that God instructs us on how we should live after we've made him saviour and Lord. In him we live, we move, and we have our being. And other things may pass away. Ideologies, philosophies, current concepts shared by men that seem somewhat reasonable. Oh, they'll all pass away if they're not in alignment with what God says is true. But you know what God says about his word? Heaven and earth will pass away. But his word will endure forever. My friend, let me encourage you today. Be found placing your trust in that which will never pass away. What will never pass away? God and his word. The Lord bless you. I pray you have a strong week. And again, just a very, very happy birthday to everyone who's a part of Family Church in the meetings that we do in person, but also our online community. We're so glad that you're a part of this God journey with us. 25 years, 25 years of living by faith. We now look ahead by faith to all the wonderful adventures that lay ahead of us in God God bless you